Hello, welcome to the St. Paul's Podcast, where you'll find talks from our Sunday services. For more information, feel free to check out our website, stpauls.co.uk. Thank you. The reading today is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, and can be found on page 1145 in the Church Bibles, or 1803 in the enlarged text version. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thanks to you, Angela. Thank you so much. That was uh, beautifully, beautifully read. And um, for those that I haven't met, um, I'm David. I'm uh, one of the uh, clergy team here, and it is always uh, great fun uh, serving with Adam. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all, to all, because even though this is a hard day, um, where our hearts go out to those who, whose mothers are not with us anymore, who would love to be mothers but that hasn't happened, or who have an experience of motherhood, or have had an experience of motherhood which is not what we would pray for and hope, know that you are part of the family of God today and you are so precious and you are so dearly loved. We are completing a series on life in the Spirit, as in this term we press closer 
and closer to God and seek. Wasn't it wonderful hearing all these words being shared and everything? We seek more of his power in our individual lives, more of his power in our services as we gather together. Thank you. If you've still got my right side on the camera angle. (laughs) What has been the wonderful, what have been the essential messages that we have been receiving in recent weeks as we have looked, first of all, at the gospel, uh, sorry, at the book of uh, Ephesians and then the gospel uh, according to St. Matthew? The first from Ephesians 1 is that we are a new creation. We are not. Um, you know, following Jesus is not a matter of um, uh, a set of rules, something that you work really hard at and you achieve. It's a relationship, but it is more than a relationship with the risen Jesus because it is an empowered relationship through which we are utterly transformed. When we encounter Jesus, we become a new creation. All the pain and the defense mechanisms that we develop in this world, ways of being, uh, you know, trying to control things or trying to put people down, all the things that we tend to do in a world which has hurt us and we seek to protect ourselves, those things are peeled away as we become the people that God created us to be. We're welcomed into family. And what a powerful and wonderful thing it is, isn't it, to be welcomed into the very arms of the God who put a billion, billion stars into space as his beloved children. We are able, through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, to stand before God himself, robed not in the mess of our lives, all of that Jesus takes away and takes to the cross. And instead, instead, God looks at us and sees the beautiful righteousness of Christ. We are adopted, not just allowed in, but adopted as children We are invested with authority. We saw in Ephesians that we are seated with God, (laughs) seated with God, uh, seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms. Which means that whether you are visiting, and do we have many visitors today, perhaps coming to visit family or whatever? Give us a wave, because we love our, our visitors. And we pray for the day when we will have some. Now... Or at least some who are sufficiently confident. But anyway, you know who you are, and you are so, so welcome. But isn't it amazing to think that you, whether you've been here since uh, 1962, as one or two at the back have, or whatever, um, or, since, or whether you're here for the first time, we are part of a spiritually bonded family of two billion people on six continents. You know, that is an amazing, an amazing truth. And if today you feel the lack of a family around you, know that you have the family of God in which 
the bonds of love run even deeper than they do in any natural family. They're bonds of love. And the third great message from our study of life in the Spirit is that, as St. Paul says, we are loved more deeply than we could ever imagine. Wasn't that a wonderful prayer that we would know how wide, high, and deep is the love of God and be filled to the measure with all the fullness of Christ? If you ever doubt how secure you are, how loved you are, look at the cross of Christ at which Jesus paid the ultimate price. And you need it. Your church, God's church, needs you. I want to say it's been an amazing week of prayer. I want to thank all those who've been part of it, including Amanda and team who did an amazing thing with the prayer room. Incidentally, I took a photograph meaning to share of exactly the same word about God being, about us being um, like a tight vessel with the top left on. There was also a lovely little thing hanging from a wire saying, revive your church, take back that which is yours. I sense today as we step into the power of God afresh, God is saying, you didn't build all this up. I did. See what I will do with your church now. And we're all, sometimes you, you all have a role in what is about to happen. We are gifted. And as um, Jackie Pullinger said on her visit, she said, you know, we have these amazing gifts, the capacity to speak to God in, in a tongue which is not our own, the capacity, and we'll be looking at this in a bit of detail, the capacity um, to bring my healing of body and mind and heart to others, the capacity to hear from me and share words and encouragements These are supernatural gifts of the Spirit. We are encouraged eagerly to desire the greater gifts. And as she put it, being offered these wonderful gifts to bless the world, it would be rather bad form not to take them. Let us step out increasingly in the power of the gifts. And we are Empowered. That is the central message of our service today. St. Paul writes, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed your testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. What does that mean for you and for me? Paul was certainly a brilliant orator. He was able to go into the Areopagus and to uh, relate the Christian message to all sorts of different people and cultures. But he was going back to Corinth where he was, uh, he was writing around AD 55. He was going back to a church which had turned away from God in so many different ways. It was still trying very hard But it was making so many different mistakes. Immorality was creeping in and different leaders were leading it in different ways. People like Apollos had great great leading, great followings. 
What Paul was saying was, don't rely on wonderful arguments and words. And as a child, you know, I used to, um, very precociously, listen to any questions. It used to amaze me how one person could come on from one party and utterly persuade you of their position, and then somebody else would come on and say something diametrically opposite. And that sounds very flexible as well, doesn't it? So you just say, Mom, who do we believe? Or Dad, who do we believe? Power, the power of advocacy is awesome, but the power of spirit, the spirit of God, is what brings people to faith. And we need to know, to know that when we say to people, quite simply, you're loved. You are precious to a God who the Bible says sings over you. You are safe in his hands for all eternity. All the things that you wish were gone from your life are washed away when you follow Jesus and turn to him. You have a hope. You have a future. God is making a new start in you. When we say those things which are at the core of the gospel, they have power because they are true and because the Spirit of God, what we call the prevenient Spirit of God, goes before us, touching people, you know, making them lean in, making them want to know the power of God. It is a supernatural power, not a power of persuasion, that draws people into the kingdom. And what we say and what we believe to a world which says, get what you can and go for it, that seems, it seems like folly to a world which says, look after number one. Get as much as you can. That's how you succeed. That is the wisdom of this age, isn't it? Just as it was the wisdom of that age, it's the wisdom of the present age. And all, all those in authority, all the rulers, they will go. But the power of God, the kingdom of God remains. So it is a spiritual power which enables us to understand the deep things of God. And if today you are waiting and wondering as you take that step, as you take that step and say, I will follow, I will follow Jesus, then we... We receive the power of God. And that power is a supernatural power of insight which enables us gradually, together as church, to know the deep things of God. And they are beautiful indeed. Quoting Isaiah, Paul says, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's something that we use in uh, nearly every funeral because it persuades us and reassures us that there are the most beautiful and amazing things to come. I was given a tape recently from a lady, an old lady who's now gone to be with the Lord, but she came round after, uh, was revived after a period of, of, of death. And she recorded what she saw the beauty of heavenly music, the angels, the relatives that she had spoken to. We cannot imagine the beautiful things that are in store. 
And those things are available to us now. Things which God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the key is to open ourselves to the power of God. And in a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity for us to do this. We're going to have an informal communion. And as we go into that, we're going to have a time of waiting on the Spirit of God. As we go out from here, I want us to be confident. Confident in exercising the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. To encourage us, I want to feature just one of those today, which is the gift of healing. Because we have found in the past that there are many people in the congregation who, will come for, who have a deep need of emotional healing or physical healing, and we want to minister to that. <clears throat> um, a little time ago, I was asked, um, I work as a broadcaster for, um, for Premier, and I was asked to put together a series of interviews with people who are working in the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing extraordinary things happen. You hear stories from across the world, don't we? But we, are, we hear of revival coming in Asbury in America. But we also see things moving in our islands. We see them, for instance, in South Wales, where I had the privilege of talking to a number of local church leaders, but including this one, who is um, a lady called Dr. Chloe Swart. She's very young, but she is on the main board, the um, board of trustees of the Evangelical Alliance. She heads up Alpha in Wales and uh, was brought up in a tradition of exercising the power of God. I've cut out all my little bits, but we'll hear here, we'll hear now, hear her background in growing up in an environment that was truly open to exercising and being filled with the power of God. I asked her, first of all, how she came to be interested in healing, because she then went on to actually do a PhD looking at over 200 different instances of healing, um, which she'd come across in South Wales. Chloe Swart. Seeing healing miracles was very normal. I remember one of my earliest memories is I was a very small child and I was on the floor of our church colouring in during an evening service. And one of the ladies in our church who was in a wheelchair, I remember her being prayed for and getting healed and jumping out of her wheelchair and running around our church building. And I remember her jumping over me as a small child colouring on the floor and she jumped over me. Um, so that was one of my earliest memories. My mum, she had um, uh, an accident one day in the gym. Someone threw a medicine ball at her. And as she caught it, she did something in her neck. And she ended up being paralysed from the left side down of her body. So she was always in a neck brace. She couldn't move. She was in pain. And as a child growing up, it was a nightmare having a, a mum who was paralysed from the left side down. You just couldn't run up and cuddle her or just one bump in the car and it would send her into spasms and she'd be in bed for weeks. And I remember seeing her prayed for and um, 
after a couple of prayers, the pain completely left and she had complete freedom of movement. Most of the healings are happening in a very normal, ordinary way. So rather than it being um, in a church, so many of the healings are getting, so many people get healed outside of the church, in a supermarket, in the car, at a train station, in the gym, at Costa Coffee, you name it, people are getting healed there. Also, people are getting healed by praying for their friends, their family, their colleagues. So it's not necessarily a particular person with a particular healing ministry, but it's ordinary, everyday Christians just practicing their faith and praying for their friends and family. And then the other part is that they're quite ordinary conditions. I've collected many incredible, amazing stories of, you know, life-threatening diseases being cured. But also a lot of them are migraines and bad knees and arthritis, things which, although are such a pain and nuisance day to day, and, you know, I, I don't... Um, I recognize that those things can be a real big issue for the individual, but they're not necessarily life-threatening. You wouldn't think, oh, I'm desperate for a miracle for that. Um, you know, so often it's the everyday conditions which my data has shown. You say people are being healed in supermarkets and uh, gyms and elsewhere. Mm. Is that um, sort of spontaneous healing or somebody praying with them at that point? Yeah, someone praying with them. Yes. Um, so let me give you an example. I used to work in Burger King as a teenager. Uh, that was my part-time job. And in the it was in a service station. So I worked in the Burger King. There was a lady in, there was um, a WH Smith. There was a Costa, you know, a normal car service station. And one day, one of the ladies from WH Smith walked over and ordered some lunch from Burger King. And I, I said, oh, how's your day going? She said, oh, it's terrible. I'm in agony. Um, I've got a really painful knee. I've done something to it. And I'm on my feet all day in WH Smith. And I'm in loads of pain. I said, well, I, you, you know, you know, I'm a Christian and I go to church. I believe in a God who loves you and wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? She said, oh, OK, go on then. So I really simply said, in the name of Jesus, knee be healed, pain go now. Amen. And she said, oh, wow, that's amazing. In that moment, her knee filled with the heat, all the pain left, and um, and it was completely healed. And then that day, I had loads of different um, staff members from the service station coming up to me. Will you pray for my mum? Will you pray for my brother? Will you pray for my husband who's in the army? And all these people who weren't churchgoers coming up to me and asking about faith and prayer and healing and this is one of the key findings from my research, actually, that healing is a physical sign which points towards Jesus. So many people often become a Christian after they've been healed because it's a physical sign that he is alive, that he does have the power to transform their lives and that he loves them. And it, it just shows the reality of what Jesus can do in individuals' lives. It's not dependent on us. You stop it now. We aren't the ones doing she goes on with amazing stories. I would love to play you the whole thing. Um, but uh, her central message is that when the people of God step out in confidence and are faithful, things happen. John Wimber, who had such a powerful 
uh, influence on the church. It was he who, who first came to HTB, uh, and we suddenly saw the outpouring uh, of the Holy Spirit spreading increasingly. He found that, for instance, when he prayed for healing, many different people didn't get healed. And then, and then suddenly it started to happen. Chloe was brought up in Cornerstone Church in Swansea in a culture in which people expected God to do the extraordinary, in which people were truly open rather than saying, God, so far but no further. We are called to complete openness. Now, these things are complicated. They're complicated pastorally. We have lost people recently who... You know, who, who were not healed despite much prayer. My wife and my daughter have been ill for years now and have not been healed. And yet, I have seen dramatic interventions of God. We are called to pray and pray and to pray again. As Sandy Miller at HGB used to say, we used to pray for nobody, nobody got healed. Now we pray for people all the time and some people get healed. I think that's a bit better. And that has always been the approach to which I encourage us as a church family. Can I ask the band, please, to um, uh, take their position? What we are going to do, just to share very fully, we're going to have a time of... We're going to have a time of... Uh, just worshipping. We're going to sing, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. One verse, very simple. Now I'm going just to repeat it as a prayer. And then we'll go into a period of silence where we keep standing and waiting. One thing Jackie Pullinger said is the more we wait, the more happens. Things are happening across, across this diocese. It is amazing. I had a, um, an email from a, a friend called Olwyn who runs uh, a church in Aldershot Diocese. And he was saying, I invited the spirit. Some people started weeping. Weeping instantly, it's, it's an outpouring of emotion. Like when suddenly you're, I don't know, a daughter decides, you know, having a child or something. When we have immense emotion... When we know that we are loved, we can have a range of different experiences. Some of us will feel warmth, many peace, just a deep peace as the increasing presence of God. Um, somebody said uh, uh, people were banging on his door. People said they weren't believers but suddenly felt a need to think about Jesus. The Spirit of God is moving powerfully. Um, Nico passed to me an email he'd received from another uh, church leader, somebody he knows and really trusts, who said, um, I'm currently on holiday and woke up this morning to see uh, with a distinct impression of tongues of fire over St. Paul's. I believe this is from the Lord because St. Paul's hasn't been in our thoughts and discussions recently. God is waiting to do something in great power here. Let us give him the time and the space. Let us stand and prepare to worship. And then after a period of worship and listening, we'll go into an informal communion. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, then invite you up. 
But I'm going to invite up, first of all, the team. We have a large team of people to pray with you individually. And I'd encourage you, once that team has come up, there'll be both sides, to receive the bread and the wine, and then to go over to a member of the team to be prayed very simply. I'll just simply say, can I put a hand on your shoulder? I think I would give your name, just say I'm Adam, and not only if you're Adam, of course, um, and just say, Adam, I pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. That's all that will happen. If you want to bring up a need for healing, emotional healing, physical healing, whatever it is, you can mention that, but it will be very... But there's real power in this, and I do ask you, encourage you to be part of it. We stand and we worship.